Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Out there is a world outside of Yonkers. Way out there beyond this hick town, Barnaby. There's a slick town, Barnaby. Out there, full of shine and full of sparkle. Close your eyes and sit, listen, Barnaby. Listen, Barnaby. Hello, welcome to another Patreon bonus episode. Today we are going to talk about the 2008 Disney Pixar film WALL-E, and my special guest is Quentin Finger. Quentin, this is the part where you have to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and why we're doing WALL-E, because this is your favorite movie, right? So, Hello, I'm Quentin. I am the husband of Bethany Finger. <laughs> the, I love how that's your identity. I'm the husband. The husband. <laughs> I have uh, a background in computers and electronics. I currently teach computer programming, uh, so I have a love of technology, Mm -hmm. and if you look at all of the Disney movies, I think that Wally's probably the cutest in a mixture of technology and a love story all in one. It's probably tops it's so adorable it's adorbs i must have drawn a heart in my notes like 50 times yeah like this is so cute yep so wally in the distant future a small waste collecting robot inadvertently embarks on a space journey that will ultimately decide the fate of mankind so going in i love the music right the music is adorable but I love the opening scene. There's the galaxy everywhere. It's so bright. It's so colorful. It's so pretty. And then you swoop in and see, like, the disgusting smog haze that is the human planet. It's just, a, it's such a huge contrasting transition. Yep. It's it's pretty given. Uh, I mean, it's a huge topic of today's society mm-hmm. right now. It's so relevant still, even... 12, 13 uh, years later. It's more relevant, and it's going to continue to be more and more relevant as our time goes on, which is why you see a lot of stuff about uh, green initiatives, mm-hmm. consistencies along those lines, uh, big pushes in that area. I mean, we started seeing all that stuff with recycling coming up big years ago prior to Wally. Um, heck, my uh, Air Force base actually has a recycling center on it. And a big portion of it is a huge push to make sure we're always putting the right materials in the right bins and stuff like that. So there's always these big pieces going on, but we'll only continue to get worse as time continues to go on. Yeah. I want to know how people lived on the planet. They left the planet in a worse state than what we saw it in because Wally and his fellow robos had 700 years of cleanup and they built all these statues out of their trash 
which means humans left it in that condition. So at some point, humans were still living on the planet in that condition prior to getting on this delightful cruise. And I want to know how they lived there because it's disgusting. Where did they live? I, well, they're obviously <laughs> in their homes, but you know, I can easily attest this to a hoarder mentality and lifestyle. So there's mm-hmm. how many people, uh, there's many people I've met, and when you'd go in their home, the only path, the only place that you could walk was literally the <laughs> path in between all the stuff. Yeah. And it was beyond disgusting. And it wasn't just <laughs> stuff. It was also dirt, grime, and whatever else may lay. Old food, trash. It makes me think of that episode of Friends where Ross is dating the dirty girl. And he, like, goes to sit down. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, chocolate syrup. And she has, like, a pet rat, basically, because it just moved in. And she decided to keep it. Like, yep. oh, it's so gross. Yep. The whole piece <laughs> is just nasty. I also want to know... Is it the whole planet is on that one cruise ship? Is there a multitude There's, of cruise ships? If There's I remember like correctly, a, in like one of the scenes, it's a multitude of cruise ships. So we should, I mean, by the by the end end, you should see all of them coming back. Well, but, I mean, is it all by and large, or are there multiple organizations or organization? Are there multiple businesses similar to by and large? Also, by and large it, it, is okay. everything. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? It was the universe. On on Earth, they yep. do this, like, span out, and you can see that it's, like, gas and groceries. Okay, but it's also the bank. It's also the bus station. It's also yep. the train station. It's also the university, like. The, I mean, this story is also not just about our wasteful habits. It's also about the ultimate consumerism and capitalism that mm-hmm. is the world as it grows. And as companies get larger and larger, small mom-and-pop shops struggle more and more, mm-hmm. and... This, the timeline that this was going on was 2100. 2110, yeah. Was, well, 2110 was when the final, like, message came out. You're right, which would have been 10 years after. So roughly 2100 is when it all was taking place. So, I mean, we're looking at 79 years from today's date. And let's think of Costco or Sam's Walmarts of the world that take over and over. Uh, Walmart initially started off with just, like... Uh, hardware and like a, a simple like shop materials i, I think. mean people people our age can still remember when walmart started expanding and carrying groceries yep because when we were kids it was a, a like a gray and blue building with a big yellow smiley face mm-hmm. and you might find milk and maybe a box of cereal type of stuff, but it doesn't have, it's not a yep. grocery store. And now it's... But you had to go to many different places mm-hmm. at back then. You, you went to your shop to get your groceries. You went to your, uh, uh, some form of a clothing shop to get your clothes. Appliance store uh, to appliance get your appliances. Stores. It's all separated out. Auto store. But now you can go to Costco and... I can order gym equipment, I can order food, I can order some health supplements, I can get my eyes done, I can you check in. You get your in. tires fixed. I can get my pharmacy, I can get my car, minimum car stuff done. Mm-hmm. They are they just grab on to more and more of everything as it goes I on. mean, they do uh, insurance now too, so. Yep. Yeah. A constant push in that nature. It's that concept that like there's 10 companies that own the entire world. There's, there, there's definitely a closing in on that in a manner. It's kind of unique. Uh, well, should we get back to Wally a little bit? 
Well, we don't have to go scene by scene. Okay. A lot of times we just talk about, like, moments that in the movie that stood out to us. I love his cockroach best friend. Okay. I named him Roro in my notes. Roro. I just didn't like writing just the word roach or something, so I was like, he's a Roro. He's the bestie. I th- I thought a Roro was simply his little... I-, I wanted to say cat, but then Wally acts more like a cat in the beginning scenes. Between the, I drew a lot of comparisons in my mind between Wally and Iko because Iko would also be obsessed or is I should say is in this in the Lunar Chronicles is also obsessed with human experiences and human interactions and so I could see her in a similar situation getting obsessed with all of the little trinkets that she finds and the movies that she watches and learning how to dance and sing and all that kind of stuff. Sure. I mean, I, I can't really grow too much on that. I've listened to that side of the house <laughs> once, and that was about a year and a half ago. So it's I remember a little to... bit about Ico, but she's the cute little robo. She yeah. wants she sticky buns, the, and the, she wants to marry Prince Guy. <laughs> the pure curiosity. Yeah. Um, getting into this with Wally, you first start to run around because you see other Wallys that have stopped working. The only one that's going is this one that who's somehow grown sentient, which you're going to see kind of his sentientness kind of grows throughout the whole piece. So uh, I remembered I wanted to double check this, but sentience is the f- to feel, uh, perceive, or experience. And the entireness of Wally's going through the movie is his sentience and his sentience grows everybody else's sentience as it it kind of plays throughout the wholeness of it i was tracking that throughout my notes um throughout the whole movie that like everywhere wally went he sort of spread these different mannerisms that he picked up from waving to robots and shaking hands and introducing himself like hi i'm wally and even to the human who was like uh john and the other human she was like mary like this whole experience even just introducing themselves and shaking hands was new for them because they've lived their lives with a screen in their face and a cup in their hand yep Uh, so it's really unique kind of watching uh something kind of grow just from images and other stuff he's collected in the movie you see him he watches he's got a favorite videotape that he likes to watch (laughs) and it is a old-timey musical dance love story should we say what kind what musical it is i honestly don't know what it is um I i think i know let's google it just to be sure but i want to say it's um no, you know what? We'll just Google it. <laughs> yeah, if you say it, you put yourself on the spot. I know. <laughs> Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. I was going to say that, and then I was like, no, I'll be wrong, and I'll sound dumb, and everybody will be like, Bethany doesn't even know Hello, Dolly, though. Well, uh, no one does. That was literally back from the days of... Hey, uh, we have it on DVD, sound, all right? <laughs> sound just coming out and attaching it to your movies and stuff of that nature. Stuff still done oh. in black and white. Um, my biggest, as a tech lover, I'm big on... I have no problem getting like immersed into storylines, but um, I'm big on things being scientifically correct. So there's certain things about the movie that bothers me and one of them is you he plays everything through a tape and that's those magnetic tapes 
uh, those degrade over time. But he also had it hooked up to an iPod. And the iPod was hooked up to a projector. And then the projector. But the tape was plugged in to then do the playing. That's true. Because, That's true. Because when, he put, when Eve pulls the tape... Yeah, he has like a panic uh, he attack. He has a panic attack <laughs> because he wants to wind it back up. Because he's realized that uh, if this comes out, he breaks it. Yeah. So that means he's probably broken many others. And this is, like, one of the last he has this left. This is the last. This he used to have, like, How the Grinch Stole Christmas yeah. and <laughs> all the other different 76 trombones. And <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's the definition of an ultimate hoarder. He As he's doing his daily job, he cleans until he sees something where he's like, ooh, interesting. It so, reminds me of, like, when you're a kid and you're supposed to do chores or you're supposed to clean your room, but you get sidetracked with all the other stuff and you start goofing off and playing with stuff when you're supposed to be cleaning. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I would do everything I could to avoid the cleaning. <laughs> what do I want to talk about? Some of the logistics involved. So they've been on this spaceship cruise mm-hmm. for seven hundred years. Where are they getting any materials? That food, clothing, the gas they need to fuel said ship. They so, have electricity. Like, where are they getting any of these fossil fuels so, from? So, some of that I was going to try to find a way to explain. Like, like obviously, we could have made some form of nuclear propulsion system, and a nuke system can last... I mean, the half-life on nuclear fuel rods and everything else is... It's immensely long. I suppose for food, you could make the argument that they have, like... Um, you know, greenhouses and biodomes and things like that, but I'd still, I'd still like some information on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by the topic as well. Um, the food, obviously, they have to have some form of biodome on the system on the ship itself. The and when you're in space, every bit of resource is precious. So water uh, can be reused. Uh, different pieces but but those items would have to have full extraction methods meaning that every fluid that left our body uh that we consumed or breathed out the whole system stays in its own piece if you create you can actually take a jar a big jar and you can put your earth you can put your plants in it you can put your water and once you seal it as long as it has everything it needs it will actually recreate itself and it never needs to be replenished the and that's pretty much what you have to do with a spaceship how many people but, do you think are on that spaceship though but I'm... that spaceship <laughs> has a lot of people yeah i mean we, we, we'll talk about how many people probably were left behind later yeah i put in my notes who's who's still on earth and how are they doing they're not doing <laughs> but when you see later that they're taking, they have these massive wallies, two of them that are collecting, cubing, and like uh, shooting out the junk into space, into space. Because humans have learned essentially nothing. <laughs> and they just trash wherever they go. We ruined Earth. Let's go into outer space and toss shit around there too. Yep, Why not? So flying around out there becomes dangerous, and that's where I start to wonder: it, it, are there ships that just go out and mine specific resources such as metals and materials it's possible for the power it could be nuclear 
I don't know how long that stuff would have lasted. I suppose you can make the argument that there could be solar power and they, you know, every once in a while they have to float near the sun or something. But Yeah, but on the ship there was none, so there would have to be some form of it. There has to be some suspension of disbelief. There's quite because... a bit of suspension of disbelief. <laughs> but... but but even with all the suspension of disbelief, it's very accurate and it's like obviously a cautionary tale. Yes. So so as far as, like, the science goes, it's very unique. Uh, uh, I mean, everything is done by robots. The cleaning, the mm-hmm. ha- even, like, getting your hair cut, and down to the fact that the hairstylist is programmed with specific responses that may or may not be stereotypical. Like, you look gorgeous. Oh, tell me about it, honey. I know men, like, those are very mm-hmm. stereotypical responses there's that you no, might receive. There's no work that has to be done, which, which is what allows... Wally to even board the ship. Yeah. Because the other robots have no clue how to interact with it because they're all <laughs> interconnected via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi yep. or something yep. along those lines. But he's not because his mission is solo and supposed to be on Earth. Uh, I like to compare Wally and Eve to Android. Eva. <laughs> to Android and Apple. Because with an android, you can actually take apart. He's, so Wally is the uh, is the android, right? Wally's the android. You can take him apart. You can do other stuff. He looks a bit junky, but still still does his part. Apple is and like Apple's the pretty pristine. <laughs> but if you dismantle her at all, it's gonna like break her. Well, and everything is like interconnected. Like it's only compatible with itself. Like yes. Apple is very exclusive. <laughs> yes, the entirety of the axiom is Apple. And it's all interconnected. It's their own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And it does not understand how to process anything else. I mean, was. even just the little OCD Robo, who I loved. I thought he yeah. was adorable. I want one. Uh, even even just him leaving his stationary line caused a little bit of a glitch. Yeah, he had um, to stop and then like break his code to allow him to get he, off There the was line. like a, a genuine struggle for him there while he was doing that too, which yeah. was very cute. But he wouldn't have done that if Wally hadn't been there, which yeah. broke, which added in more. Wally changed everyone everywhere he went. Yeah. I also wanted to ask, what do we think all the dust storms on Earth were? What are they caused by? Uh, those. Why are they happening so frequently? Those actually happen on Earth today, in a manner. Um, you can actually see even other ones if you look at. I want. I'm going to get this wrong, but Jupiter, one of the other big planets, there's nothing but massive storms that kind of rage and go on when. Plant life and other stuff starts going awry. You end up with massive uh, dust storms, and when those come through, is that because of lack of oxygen? I, I don't think it's the oxygen. It's a well, no plants. There's not going to be a lot of oxygen. Yeah, but I don't believe our uh, systems requirement. I don't think uh, our weather requires oxygen, or lack of thereof will change or adjust that. <laughs> want everyone to know that Quentin's face right now is like, man, my wife is stupid. Uh, my, my weather knowledge isn't uh, intense. I do know that dust storms can be, became a huge issue during the dust bowls when yep. uh, pretty much hefty winds come through. It picks up all the dirt that comes through and as that storm comes rushing by. Well, that was also caused by the over use of the soil. 
Correct. Um, well, it wasn't the overuse, it was the lack of replenishment of nutrients. Yeah, they were the used to having topsoil, and they weren't used it. to having to um, do so much maintenance, and so they just <laughs> they just kept, kept trying to reuse the soil, uh, not realizing that they were destroying it and causing more. I thought that was funny, though, that the massive dust storms that were coming through... Uh, like, that plant that they found was hidden. Yeah, there, hidden. with very little sunlight and the access. the moment <laughs> that you know that that, uh, if that plant was out in the open, so when the humans come back and start farming and everything else, those dust storms are going to rip up everything. So they'll have yeah. to have a biodome put in place, allowing for the plants to start growing to create its own ecosystem. The food productions are going to have to be done and set up. Well, did you notice at the end of the movie when they when they panned out? Once you got outside the city area, there was quite a bit more plants. Okay, I'd miss that spot. Yeah, Um, but I would also say like Eva, who I adore. um, I I, she's a little trigger happy for someone who's supposed to be looking for signs of life, like any little noise, and she is just. I don't understand. Boom, 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 boom. So she would destroy any form of life that she found. Uh, I I will say I did, because I was thinking the same thing. How do you go from shoot first, ask questions later? How do you go from that mentality when you're looking for life? But if you pay attention to the reveal later on when they're looking and the president's explaining what, oh, you found life, you're Eve, or... Uh, I forget the term they gave it, what the EVE stood for. But they were looking for a plant that could actually do photosynthesis. Okay. That was the only thing they were looking for. They weren't looking for a cockroach. Because why didn't the cockroach... Pick up on the scanner. Pick up on the scanner. Because it wasn't what they were scanning for. They They were were scanning for plant life specifically. plant life. Because if there's plant life, then animals will also exist. But... Roaches don't need anything. <laughs> roaches are very roaches live off of um, roaches live off of nothing more than like determination, yep. <laughs> like their ability to get very by. persistent. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting. I did get like genuinely frustrated when she started blowing up all his little piles. I was like, do you know how long it took him to put those tires in a pile? Like, yeah, poor Wally, all the work he's done. His full trigger happy. <laughs> yeah, that that was a bit. It was a bit odd. His, his it had to be his curiosity to see her to be even thinking about. Mm-hmm. Because if not, it would just be like, eh, moving on. Yep. I liked a lot of the callbacks that we see throughout um, the fire extinguisher. We see first with Wally, mm-hmm. uh, but then it comes back again on the when they're in the outer space and they're dancing, which is cute. I love the cockroach. In the beginning, he accidentally runs over the cockroach and he freaks out. He thinks he killed it and he's like, you're okay. And then in the end, when we think he's been set back to like factory resettings, he runs over the cockroach and just keeps driving and doesn't even notice. Mm -hmm. And that like just broke my heart. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's more into the sentience of it all and the wondering. Because if you hear of AI... And artificial intelligence, people are working with that stuff daily as is. And right now, artificial intelligence doesn't come down to sentience. A lot of it comes down to uh, being able to teach itself or get assistance in teaching. So it can look at images and it can start picking up on 
specific pieces on an image and start realizing what something is. So you can train it to look for certain items or objects. One of the biggest examples of this would be a Tesla car right now. Mm -hmm. A Tesla car has like 10 plus cameras on it. And its entire job is to constantly be looking for stuff. And they've trained it to what does a human look like? What does a motorcycle look like? What does a uh, another car, a semi? I'm so sorry I'm laughing. That's just really surreal to like <laughs> stare at you. Okay. So it's really neat because you could, like at any point, they would have probably trained the Wallies or given them an because all, all, every, the only sensors he's using to pick up know what trash is and what isn't trash is literally just a camera. So they would have given him the AI ability to train and look, and then he would have built off that idea. But the sentience comes in later where he starts, he breaks away, and somehow he's able to give meaning, emotion, feelings towards things, gains curiosity and understanding of what like life is. What's Whereas, interesting is what would be considered trash in a world where everything is trash right like his job is basically pick stuff up put it in a box crush it yeah <laughs> let's talk about who got left behind on earth and how are they doing uh, they're no they're not there <laughs> you don't think they survived the... obviously not every there's seven billion people on the planet right now let's assume in a hundred years that that's a similar number which is when they supposedly went into space so Seven billion people on the planet, several third world countries, or even worse, not everybody is on one of those cruise ships. Okay, the size of that ship, I honestly believe could have held anywhere from 20 to 100,000 people. Which means there needs to be quite a few of them. Um, but there are probably only five or eight of them, be my guess. Um... My guess, if you pay attention to how the president was acting and how his team, when he sent out the final, don't come back, it's too hard. I'm assuming the way that, sir, we gotta go. He was saying, sir, we gotta go, because uh, the mass crowds of people that were probably rioting, the amount of looting, the amount of, like, oppression, because only the the wealthy probably got out. Right. You probably had to buy onto one of those ships, and you probably had to. It was probably like fifty grand a ticket, or more. What probably it, more because now you're because your well, offspring are also well today's well money. maybe so, not because it was only supposed to be five years, not seven hundred. So if you got whatever it was going to take, and however they built it out, there was probably some stupid large amount of money that you had to pay to buy a ticket to get onto the system, onto the ship, and everybody else probably ninety plus percent. Probably got left. And they just slowly... They just disappeared. There has to be pockets of the earth that were not affected by humans, correct? So how do we think the ocean is doing? Uh, well, if the, if the land was already this bad, and you already we already know that there's literally a mass of uh, uh, the floating trash island... I mean, the ocean, <laughs> the top is littered with our trash, and the bottom is littered with our ships, right? So... I can't imagine the oceans doing well. Uh, if you have an acidic atmosphere, that alone is going to severely affect the sea, the plant the life, ocean, and everywhere. the animal life. I, I'm assuming the oceans also beyond devastated. The, Perhaps even toxic. Yeah. Oh, beyond. Not a doubt in my mind. So, do we think that this has had repercussions on every surface of the earth? Yeah. Mountains, lakes, trees, ponds, yeah. creeks, tiny little forests whose town population was like 87 yep yep um 
simple, like a volcanic event that mm-hmm. happens. If it's a really large volcanic event, it will actually affect the other side of the world with just the ash. Yeah. The, it's there the was Pangea Some effect. of the fires of, that were going on in California raised the uh, air quality index to don't go outside and don't run, don't do anything. You should just stay indoors. Same with Australia. And that was, I mean, that was a half a continent away. divide. Yeah. I mean, 26 hour drive <laughs> yeah. away and it was affecting my air quality bad enough that we were told not to go outside and run. Only go to and from your work and house yeah. and stuff of that nature. So if the entirety of the environment is acidic in one spot, it's going to be the same in another region. And while there are small pockets of the earth that are not human inhabited or are inhabited by humans that don't use technology such as like the Amish population or something, the majority of the planet has been Mm -hmm. touched by humans in a negative way. Um, My other question is what happened to all the animals? Because it didn't seem like there was a Noah's Ark situation going on. So did we just abandon the animals as well? And now there's no cows, no chickens, no giraffes, like so I was thinking about everybody's that. vegan now. We already know, <laughs> we know the seed vault exists. The seed vault does exist in, um, I, is it Sweden, Iceland? It's one of those. Yeah. My guess is they would have taken out a small seed vault and created a small seed vault in each of the ships as a backup, but the primary seed vault would have still stayed on Earth. You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber, please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. The, and as far as the animals, I believe they would have taken the prime uh, dietary animals with them. Mm Mm-hmm. So that way they could have brought back and still kept that kind of stuff going on. And because they... otherwise, like, if, if you think about, I mean, obviously, right, wouldn't it be wonderful if nobody ate animals? Let's get off that topic already, right? But what do humans eat mostly besides, like, vegetables and, like, rice and stuff? Fish, chickens, cows, pigs. We need to have those items if that's the kind of food people are eating. Mm-hmm. So... Where are they getting this food from? Now, technically right now, you can sort of kind of create genetically lab-grown meat. It's not FDA approved. It's very risky. It's kind of like a big question mark in terms of what it's made of or or how accessible it is. But I I don't want to give them too much credit that they're going to have that completely figured out on a spaceship. There's only been 
I mean, it's only been the last couple of decades that there's been a massive push for those things, and mm-hmm. they have re- recreated uh, meat, muscle tissue from just growing it themselves. Um, they could in eighty years, it could easily be to the point where it could all be retroactively created, but that's going to be a real weirdness. Also, with those spaceships, if people are fighting to just get onto them, how much space are they going to set aside for, for animals? animals? The other thing to keep in mind with that is this is a world that was not eco-friendly. Um, veganism, a lot of people say that it is eco-friendly because the amount of uh, excrement that comes from cattle farms and chicken farms and things like that mm-hmm. produces a large portion of the greenhouse gases that are yep. contaminating the earth. And so people say if you're a real environmentalist, you're going to also be vegan because then you're not contributing to that waste. So that being said, there would have been a high population of animals, correct? Because obviously this this human population was not eco-friendly. They would have still been consuming large amounts of animals. Most likely. I mean, so on of- the ship, they have to have, if they don't have animals, right? So they have lot. they're just eating, well, everything comes in a cup, first of all. <laughs> Lunch in a cup, cupcake in a cup, like everything's in a cup now. Oh, yeah, you can't, uh... You don't have to get a fork, you don't have to... You need to be able to slurpy it in. Yeah. So they probably did go to something like Huel or those, uh, um, what's the... I'm forgetting some of the names, but the full meal replacers is probably... Oh, yeah, like Slim Flast, Huel... Uh, uh, insure. Like no, those are like partial meal replacers. I mean, like full meal replacers. Mm. So basically, like adult formula. Yes. Yeah. That's that would have been my thought. That's what they would have gone to because all you have to have is that powder and water, and you have everything you need to sustain. And what's more easy to manage and maintain, but a processed form of vegetables and minerals. Do we think that 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 access to that type of food, which is not very tasty and so probably would not cause a lot of gluttony, would really lead to such an obese population of humanity. They obviously oversugared everything. Right, because the amount of obesity yep. we see is... is. Uh, yeah, I'm still surprised because they turned it into an extreme cruise ship. Because, like, a cruise ship on here in today's world, they supply them for exactly, like, the seven days that they're going to be mm-hmm. using. And maybe one extra day of food or supplies just in case something happens. But Which is why when cruise ships get stranded... Uh, it can be a massive it, disaster. It can be a massive they disaster. Enough. They don't have enough food to sustain the amount of people that are on the ship. Yeah, because there's not the actual region. So we only saw a small portion of the ship. And it's really hard to say because that ship is truly massive. Um, so I honestly don't know how the rounds they would have taken with it. And they don't really try to explain those pieces. They just keep up the consumerism, which is so unique. But I guess the idea is how do you keep people from not being bored? How do you keep people from not noticing the world around them, right? Yeah, you keep them locked into their stuff. I I sit down and I'll play a video game and I disappear for three to four hours. I'll look up at the clock and go, holy cow. I remember when you first downloaded, I think it was Satisfactory and it had like a little clock and it told you you'd been playing for 23 hours and you were just like, whoa, maybe I should take a nap. Like, <laughs> so I, I definitely agree. And, and myself, especially like when, I mean, you know, when a new book comes out that I've been waiting for, that's all I'm doing for the next 
how many times have I pulled an all-nighter just because I'm not going to stop reading my book, especially if it's a new Marissa book. Like, yeah. So we, we definitely have that mentality where we can get lost in our worlds. The whole concept of binging like TV series or film franchises or video games or books, that, that whole concept of getting lost in those escapism worlds. Mm-hmm. Only this is the extreme because they don't even get up. No, nope, I also put they in my notes chairs. how and when do they go to the bathroom? Is this like a diaper situation? Is there like a constant catheter? Like, got a robot for it. <laughs> got a robot for everything. Does somebody come and take care of it when they have to pee? I like to think of <laughs> South Park and the World of Warcraft episode where Cartman needs to, he can't get up to use the restroom, so he yells, Mom, Mom. And his mom comes down, and she puts a bucket behind him, and he just lifts his pants and shits out the back oh, of the God. chair. It's beyond disgusting, <laughs> but it's hilarious. But, but it's an explanation. But <laughs> in this society, I mean, I the, assume... They cannot stand. At I, one point in the film, it shows them getting up. Um, um, John falls out of his chair because of Wally, yep. and he can't even get himself back into the chair. The robots are legit. Like, yep. someone will come help you in a moment. We know you can't do this on your own. Yep. So they can't go to the bathroom, <laughs> right? I mean, how do you... If you got to take a number two, and there's some that you need to squeeze... Yeah. I don't... How do you... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How do you, how do you get that out of you? They may feed them laxatives that go with it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I was just curious about yeah, that. I just like, was like, how do they go to the bathroom if they can't stand up? There's a lot of those little things that they probably, who knows, it's probably the daily regimen where they, 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 when they, it's like, all right, chair, go to restroom. And then when he goes to the restroom, there's probably a, another robot that picks them up and sets them on the toilet or go, puts them in a shower or... Or there's, like, a little hole in the seat that comes out that and they just up. they just wave over the just, toilet. Just like one of those, uh, uh, one of those onesies that has a butt flap. Yeah, yeah, yeah footy pajamas. <laughs> yep. yep. So while we're talking about how do things work, where are all these babies coming from? There's babies. Where are they coming from? This, These people have been here 700 years. We've noticed that uh, one, one of the first few people we saw were two dudes who wanted to chat and wanted to do stuff. And we did notice that over time, some people did notice each other. I assume they also have like predefined like, oh, hey, maybe you should kind of go notice each other. Yeah, I mean... When we first meet Mary, she's talking to someone about a really bad virtual date that she went on. Mm-hmm. I just meant, like, physicality-wise. But also, these There's babies... Probably are... insemination. There's probably a robot for that. There's probably a that robot takes for takes the You know how people say, like, um... From one and then transfers it to the other. <laughs> You know how people say there's an app for that? In Wally, there's a robot for that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I assume there's a robot for it. I also, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a button in this consumerism world where they could just go, you know what? It's time for a baby. A baby that they have nothing like, to do with, by the way. Nobody pays attention to these babies. They they live in these tiny little incubators and they watch a screen that says A is for Axiom, B is for by and large, your very best friend. Like <laughs> This is just another ex- extreme let you know that 
we don't want businesses controlling our education system. Right. We want the betterment of a government choosing that our people need to be as smart as possible. So we're going to put out checks and balances to make sure the schools are actually teaching good stuff. Because when, if I was on a spaceship that was supposed to go back and cure my planet and restart it, I think the core principle of knowledge gain would be how does farming work? How does buildings work? How do electricity, how does, how does everything Engineering, work? biochemists, herbiculture, um, not herbiculture. Horticulture. Horticulture, herbiculture, that's cute. <laughs> Everyone gets to keep that. Uh, horticulture scientists, like, that's the kind of thing that you're going to need. You would think that that kind of system would be in place. You think that would be the pure educational product out there. Instead... Do you think maybe it started out that way, but 700 years later, people just stopped caring? Well, have you seen Idiocracy? No. In Idiocracy, the idea is a gentleman who was a middle ground everything. He was the most average guy in the world. He accidentally got uh, frozen and woken up a bunch of years in the future. And he woke up to a world that was falling apart. And the idea of the idea was all the smart people in the world made life way too easy. Everything was done for them. So all the stupid people got to just exist without dying and all the sm- and and the dumb people kept reproducing, you know, like cockroaches and bunnies, no problem. But all the smart people struggled to have children. Uh, so over time we bred out the intelligence and only retardation stayed. So the future is run by just stupid people where they don't it's even. It's almost under- the opposite of natural selection. <laughs> Correct. Where they don't even know that plants need water. They assume because, like a by and large situation, that uh, plants uh, need electrolytes. It's pl- it's what plants crave electrolytes. So they got to the point where they're like spraying. Instead of water on the fields, they're spraying Gatorade on the fields. <laughs> and then when this dude from the past comes out of the out of his cube and is looking around and is trying to like live in a world of where everybody he's the smartest person. He's like genius level to these people. And they find him beyond nerdy and stupid and and they don't even want to talk to him because of everything he said. And they're like, You wanna put the stuff in the toilet on our food? Well, that's just the dumbest thing I ever heard. And I wonder if the same scenario, like the smartest people, there was a situation where the majority of the world was just so uneducated that by the time they got to the top, the few engineers and people that made all these robots and all these spaceships and everything else work, they're the few people that made it on board, but ultimately... It died out. They didn't get the choice of what the education system was. Mm-hmm. The by and large people got to choose. Well, and, and to a certain extent, um, we already have programs like that in place where people who had intelligent ideas, um, to get funding for those intelligent ideas, they will go to a consumer status, and that consumer status then gets to control a lot of the contributions. So... For example, uh, GPS was made for the military, and I have it on my cell phone now. Yep. And it has become a, not only an expectation, right? Most people have GPS in their pocket. We don't know how to get lost now. Yep. But 
it, it became a consumer product and everything can get to that point to a certain extent. So, you know, looking at this society, seeing what this society has turned into, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't surprise me that we would slowly breed oh, yeah, out that type of uh, education process, there's, especially if that's who's controlling it. There's the... You have to have somebody to fund you. You you might have the idea that builds the perfect spaceship, but without any money, it's not going to get built. And then you find someone who's willing to build said spaceship, but they say, like, look, we'll build your spaceship. We think that's a great idea. But to fund the spaceship, we're going to need to hire all these people to build the spaceship. We're going to need to come up with the money for these resources. So we'll build the spaceship, but we're going to sell seats on the spaceship, and then we get to decide how the spaceship is run. Your spaceship gets created. That's what you care about, right? It's the same with the robots. So if the people who are creating the spaceships, the people who created the, the robos that are running the entire system are the ones who sort of caved to where that money was coming from. Because it's not like there's a government building up there. It's, by and large, and probably similar across the world. I didn't see a, like, USA Gov president, like, Axiom 1 for the president, you know? All products that governments purchase are produced by civilians. Mm -hmm. There's very Mm -hmm. few things that are gone out. There are... Obviously, like, learning in scientific areas where there's different areas that they do research and development inside the military, but a lot of those things are just a research and development piece. They're not actually going out further and then taking their science and then creating it. They then share that science with a contractor, and then the contractor produces all that stuff. Or we put out a contract request looking for a company who wants to pick up and try to do this said thing. So I'm assuming the government said, hey, we need some spaceships to go yep. out, out in outer space. Who wants to, Who wants our billions of dollars? And then a contract company went, we're in. Yep. And it was probably already a like space cruise company that went... Well, we can modify some of our cruise ships and we'll make this happen. Yep. And the other thing I want to talk about is uh, the greatest love story ever told. I wrote that several times. They are so freaking cute. I Oh my gosh. <laughs> I liked it because in most love stories you have to watch like the misunderstanding. Yes. And there's a nonstop misunderstanding, but usually with those shows or movies there's a lot of whininess that comes from it. <laughs> But in here, there wasn't much of a communication. The communication was their names and a few other words, but almost all of it was done through a tone. And the tone and intonation that came up and kind of like... And visual cues. And visual cues is how they communicated, which is what was so fun with it. Because you could see that they didn't understand, like, whatever. doesn't matter right now. Yeah. But. I thought it was really cute the way that um, everything was visually represented. And I, I absolutely loved and hated the part where he's, like, taking care of her because it's so cute and so sweet. But it's also kind of heartbreaking. He gets, like, electrocuted from the lightning and then he tries to, like, jumpstart her like he would a car and gets electrocuted again. And he, like, tries to solar power her and it doesn't work. And eventually yeah. he ties her up. With this, like, Christmas tree leash. Leads her around. And and has, like, basically invisible dates with her subconscious. With her unconscious robo-body. It's... 
<laughs> it's because he fixed himself, and then he thought he all he needed to do was fix her, and he did not have an, an understanding that she could go into, like, a hibernation state. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I just don't know. I also don't know why it took so freaking long for that ship to come back. Right? It was, I, like, days. He was, went back to work. It wasn't <laughs> days. It was, like, weeks or months. There was, like... Well, maybe it was really far away. Because it... Well, first off, if the entire intent of that spaceship was to come back was to drop off a probe, it would have most likely just went back up into space and stayed in orbit. And the only reason you would have done that is because it was worried about the atmosphere itself and what was going on with it. So it should have just been orbiting... And Is it possible that it was, like, a rotation schedule? Like, maybe it drops off five eaves, it picks up five eaves, it takes the five back, and then it comes back around. And so she was just waiting for it to come back. She hadn't it's, actually signaled it's possible, to it. But, but it's, like, on a rotation schedule. It's possible, but the... the weirdness of it is if you're looking so if you would have uh dropped off your five eaves you wouldn't have then gone back to your ship you would just would have waited no, no no here's what i'm saying there's like a rotation schedule so i drop off no you're right that doesn't make sense no because yeah i can get from one if i go up into space with a rocket ship like that i can be to the other side of the world and not very long that's well, because literally... I was thinking, like, okay, the eaves need time to, like, walk around and look at the planet. I'm going to drop off my five eaves, and while they're looking around, I'm going to go get five more eaves. No. And then I'm going to come back and trade. And then I'm just going to create, like, that that circle. I don't I don't think that would be a piece because... It's like efficiency. efficiency concept, thing. but we're talking about it needing to take decades, centuries for the atmosphere to fix itself. Meaning that the rotation probably is in every, like, 25 to 100 years. Okay, not every, like, couple why, of weeks. Why would... You're not going to bring and drop off an eve to look around every few days to every few okay. weeks. Okay, you're going to drop one off every decade, every century. Because at that point, there's enough time that maybe something came up of it. Something's changed. But to terraform or change an atmosphere takes a long time. There's a lot of gross in the air it takes a long time for that stuff to disappear and it's not like humans didn't just watch our earth go to hell in a in a day they watched it go to hell in a century plus right so if that's the case they're going to come back every 10 to 100 years so if it dropped off many it should have landed Dropped off, went back up, and then dropped off its others. But it should have, could have done all that in under a day and then been orbiting. And then it should have been having like a, a ping up to outer like a space. Signal. A signal that was shot up and said, hey, service here. Because you'd want that information as quick as possible. So then my explanation is going to be plot device. Plot device. We need to see that Wally cared, cared that he's capable of... More than curiosity, he's yeah. capable of different emotions besides curiosity. And then we also needed that for later. Eve it, sees it later and realizes it as well. It was also that cylindrical device video yeah, that uh, shared that information to Eve because yeah. she had never noticed. Because well, because she was in a, a subconscious, subconscious state. state. Yeah. yeah. Why is this spaceship so big? Eve is so small for that ginormous spaceship. That thing is freaking huge. Meanwhile, 
the pod that we see her accidentally export Wally on is really small. Why do they need such a huge spaceship for one Eve? Uh, uh, they don't. And I'd be guessing that that spaceship is a multi-purpose craft. Okay. To where you could have used that to So maybe it's go. harboring. So it's maybe it's... So generally... Uh, so part of my issue is like a big spaceship like that doesn't have the structural integrity to go between earth and a space and back and forth so normally a spaceship that would be that size it falls right well it's not that it just falls the amount of energy it takes to get something that heavy out into the out of our atmosphere is vast so you would actually most likely have a spaceship like it that came down and you would have loaded your people on that and it would have docked with the spaceship up in space like a pod ship like a pod so it would have just been a transfer ship going back and forth so, but no, this was like a giant actual rocket. Correct. How do you think our spaceships that take like three to five people up to space go? That's my point. Yeah, it's a massive rocket that takes few people up. And that would be the kind of ship that you would want. You'd want an interchange ship that would go between Earth to space and back and forth. The ginormous cruiser should never have actually been on Earth because I don't even know what kind of energy that would have taken to <laughs> that. To release. To pull that out of release of Earth-like atmosphere and gra gravitational pulls. My next question, I got a question for you, is why would you create an escape pod that has a self-destruct feature on it? <laughs> Who came up with that idea? I have no idea. I was like, what? That's literally I, I... designed to save people's lives and then it's like self-destruct initiated. What? I don't know. I... I... The only thing I can think of is, like, indeterminate extreme situations you want to take yourself out, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, zombie apocalypse, people take themselves out when they think they're about to get eaten to death. Yep. But if you're already in an escape pod, I don't know why there's a self-destruct button. That makes no sense. So I, I went through some of the weird stuff that was going on in the beginning. Uh, obviously, we wouldn't have a self-destruct space pod. No. You know, it's, it's <laughs> evacuations there to save life. Uh, why does Eve sleep? Why does Wally sleep? Well, Wally sleeps because he needs power, and he only gets power from sun. So it makes sense that his power cycle would only last long enough. So him working 24-7 may not be... But he actually sleeps. Because that's more of a... Sense he, that that's might that be sentient, a sentient thing. Yeah, because he was but, groggy and stumbled, putting on, like, oh, I gotta but, put my shoes but on. But Eve has, like, a small, like, fusion reactor in her. I don't even know what that's got on it. <laughs> but that thing is, like, some super-powered piece of equipment. Beam or whatever. So it... She does not need to slow down, and she has a much higher technology for scanning and looking at stuff. Yeah. So there's really no reason for her to sleep. Next, the magnet she gets stuck to is an electromagnet, meaning it needs electricity to turn on to, like, power and grab stuff. So they use those to pick up and then be able to release. That ship has not had power to it <laughs> in 700 years. It's not, that's not a permanent magnet, so she never would have gotten stuck to it. I do think it's funny that she, like, gets herself out, and then she's like, well, just for good measure, I'm going to blow up all of the ships. Yep. How does the Zippo still have f fuel in it? My Zippo, if I leave it fueled, <laughs> after 30 days... It's gone. It, it's already evaporated itself. Yeah, yeah. I also wrote in my notes, like, how long do we think Wally has been alone on this planet? 700 years. No. 
Wally was not the well, only Wally. How long do we think alone, it took? Alone, alone. Yeah, how long do we think it took for the other Wallys to slowly perish, so I'm that so- it was only him? He also should have already bar- perished. I know he had a lo- infinite amount of supplies and parts, and that's how they went. But yeah, he started using the remains of his but, fellow Wallys. But <laughs> you know, even all those parts should have like even just stopped. Yeah, because uh, even so. Usually stuff that you build, even for long-term electronics, is like 25 to 50 years. So that's like top end. So even if it's like just sitting there, the stuff still goes bad. So, Well, I know um, when Ashley was on the podcast with Ico and Nancy, we talked a lot about how quickly programming can become obsolete. Um, and so Nancy, being a 20-year-old android, would have had to have had any number of upgrades to her system. So, do we think Wally has no need for upgrades? Do we think he has automatic upgrades? Well, well, there's, well, first off, programming doesn't become obsolete for what is whatever it's designed for. It's just designed for. So, if I write a piece of code to work with a set piece of equipment, that's what it's designed to do. So, it's going to continue to do that operation. If you create new equipment and it has new features and functionalities, you have to create new programming to go with it. Right. Where Eve might receive new stuff, but her primary function is not changed. So when it was first developed, it's not been changed. So there's no updates. No. That's good. Who's there to update it? That's my point. <laughs> That's no why one. I'm asking. There's no one there to update I it. I thought the singing sea bass dated the movie. <laughs> because those were really big in like yes. the early 2000s. Especially wasn't, wasn't that the 90s? It might was have it been. I think that was the 90s. You that think that was, was 90s? I remember, I remember it seeing being that shit big. when I was like eight. I, I remember it being big at one point in time. So it, it definitely dates the movie a little bit. How does how does Wally know to dig when fire's coming out? Yeah, I saw that. He just, That might have just been... I, Again, if it were like a human, I'd be like, okay, fight or flight, you figure out how to survive kind of thing, but he's a robo. Has someone programmed him to dig? Has he picked it? Like, did he see it somewhere? We saw that he can learn, but that's after him seeing it done. How does he know to run away from flame, and how does he know that dirt is a great protector, and earth is a protector of heat? Don't know. Why does Eve come in a shell? Why? How does the whole beam thing work? What beam thing? I'm not intelligent, so Eve... Opens her compartment. You mean the tractor beam? The bl- there's like a so, blue light. All- it's a blue light. It touches the shoe and brings the shoe into her compartment. So, and we see that a similar type at, of beam multiple times So throughout. those things currently don't really exist. The only way we have like any form of that right now is like through magnetism that I'm aware of. Um, we don't have the ability right now to do stuff like that. But if you watch Star Wars... Not Star Wars. If you watch, like, Star Trek. Actually, Star Wars 2, they talked about it. Uh, the tractor beam. Something that they can go out there and elect- and go out and pull whatever object and latch onto it. It's kind of like a tethering system. Yeah. We don't have that ability now. Maybe they do in the future. That one's a suspension of disbelief. I mean, a lot of it's a suspension of disbelief. But it's still a really huge story. Like, I thought their little romance why? was absolutely why? adorable. Absolutely why are... <laughs> The repair ward is, why is it like a psych ward? For why nothing don't... else, be, uh, for no other reason than to make us chuckle, because it did. Because I, especially, at you... one point, did you notice that one of them got put in a beam straitjacket? Yes. <laughs> like, you would just shut it off. You would just shut it off. 
You would pull its internal. Fellow robots have also developed sentient. They don't want to just kill their other robots, so they put them in these cells. Correct. <laughs> so they instead of killing their fellow robots that have malfunctions, they put them in this place that is supposed to cure them but never does. Yeah. Why does the spaceship have external ladders? Terrible. <laughs> the amount of satellite clutter around the That's Earth. That's legit. Yes, but it's also shameful. Well, that's that's less shameful than what's happened to our Earth. I understand that. But and all like, of those the, were, like, when, when I saw it go out, I was just like, what? Also, like, all that would have, like, fallen to Earth by now. Yeah, I wondered about that, too. Because, like, our space... Like, our... Uh, the International Space Station, it has to adjust consistently to maintain its uh, spot... In, against the Earth's orbit, because it's everything that's set in orbit is treated kind of like a slingshot. So it's always just trying to fly away from Earth, but Earth's gravity is always holding it in place. But it will slowly lose um, its adjustment and will start to fall, which is why it's got to make adjustments. Okay. Um, which is what happened to like uh, China's uh, space station where it fell into uh, Earth. Because they had messed that stuff up. But satellites and other pieces like that, over time, will fall back to Earth. So I'm a bit confused as to after 700 years why not all of it's not... Like, at least some of it hasn't come back. I would have thought that more of it would have come back. But it's a huge issue, even as of right now, because uh, not all other nations... I mean, space isn't claimed by one nation. Right. So not one nation can control what's happening. We can Hence try. the Space Force. Hence the Space Force. Yep. But uh, you look at countries who go up there and choose to do whatever they want up there, you end up uh, creating excess clutter, and everything has to be tracked. Because if you don't, you may shoot something up into the atmosphere, and then it gets hit by a piece of junk, and then it breaks your spacecraft. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, another thing I wrote in my notes was the digital jumpsuits. They are oh, all wearing... color changes? It color changes, so it has to be some kind of digital, right? Well, it, that could just be like a, uh, I don't honestly know how that one would be made. Right? <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's magic right there. Also, how does pushing a button harder or zapping it make the action stronger? Explain. So in the end where the, the automation, the autopilot was trying to shut the uh, tube back down. Oh, the... And, oh, yeah. And while he was trying to stop it, he just pushed the button again like, no! I don't think it necessarily... And then, and then he zapped it and that's what crushed Wally. Cause that, because that... But how does how does pushing a button with emotion give it give it that extra power? It doesn't work that way. Yeah, I don't know. It does... <laughs> it's called BS. It's called BS. <laughs> the, so this actually links more to the idea that idiocracy was a thing for this piece because if you remember looking at the captain's desk and all the stuff he had to do all the key things that had to happen were massive ass buttons it was either green or red button do it or don't do it and it wasn't like he needs to memorize a keyboard and understand all the actions he was doing he just nope. had to go <laughs> slap up he thing. didn't even do anything he, was, he said things he was like computer updates <laughs> yep and the computer was like, no change, no change, yep. no change. I also loved the inclusion of, like, the captains. 
Yep. Uh, the progression yeah, the of captains that... over the 700 years and how they progressively... We can only see their head and their, their necks, but yep. they progressively get, you know, chubbier cheeks and, and bigger jowls as they go. Out to where it doesn't even fit them. Yes. The coat and, doesn't and even fit them. It's because more like a of cape that, now. <laughs> because of that... The by and large president was like, you guys might have suffered some bone loss while you're chilling out there. Yeah, um, I just said the running track. There's a running track. I I did think that it was interesting that the <laughs> captain doesn't know what the word manual is. Manuel. Yeah, he thought that was the name of the book and tried yep. to turn it on, and then was like, paper? What's this? Like, yep. I love him going down the rabbit hole of like earth, dirt. Yep. And somehow he gets to, like, pizza like, and hoedown. It was, like, the <laughs> ultimate YouTube, like, rabbit hole. And I love it, it. And then after you get done with the YouTube video and you feel super intelligent, and he's like, oh, yes, I, I, I know this. <laughs> Dancing. Yes. Dancing. And he feels so thrilled with himself that he's that smart. I love it. I love it. And the part where he's, like... Got the little ship and the globe, and he's like, oh, it's all in a day's work. Really, it's about the people. Like, yeah. I'm happy to do it. I thought that was so funny. I like when Wally finally gets to dance with Eve. I love it. It's so cute. But how in the world does a <laughs> fire extinguisher last that long? That was like a three-minute fire extinguisher. No, that <laughs> If you ever fired one, you got like 15 to 20 You've seconds. You've got like a That's good like 20 seconds, yeah. I did get genuinely upset when Eve was, like, trying to send Wally back to Earth. I was like, um, hello, that's not how love stories work. <laughs> but then, like, as soon as the plant is there, she's like, oh, no, we're going to save the plant. I wrote, what did I wrote? What did I wrote? I wrote, I wrote, Eve is the typical career-driven girl who can't see love when it's right in her face. Yeah. Because she only cares about the plant. Well, it's the idea, it's the idea that Wally's had... However long to come up with a mindset of what it is after right, watching his stuff, like <laughs> where Eve only saw that video for like twenty seconds before right. she was out doing something else stupid, like or smash, unconscious for days, <laughs> smashing up his place one more time. She did smash his place a lot. It's all she did. She doesn't respect his stuff because that's the. I mean, how oh, kind of flows. I'm also very concerned about the robot that got left outside that no one ever explained what happened to him. Well, first off, why why does the robot... Sh the robot should have an access code. Well, I don't know. He just was banging on the door, and I, know, I don't that, know what happened that was, to him. That was just a comic point, but there, <laughs> there were, it would just have an access, like, oh, I need to go do work outside. It would just let him out. And then when he's coming back, it would send a code, and it would be like, okay, cool, I'm coming back. Sweet. <laughs> it wouldn't just go, one thing went out. Okay, now I must only let one thing back in. <laughs> I enjoy in the end where... After Wally's done everything he could to save the situation, like, every freaking time, finally he's too broken and busted of a thing, and Eve's trying to fix him, and she's trying to let him know, like, you know, you are my directive now, and he's like, bitch. I thought that was so cute. He's like, bitch, you got to... He has to put the plant <laughs> you put in the thing so I can go home so you can, like, fix me. We need to get back to Earth, dude. I'm falling apart here. And that's where all the parts are. I do like that she tried, though. She was, like, flying around the um, trash receptacle looking for pieces. She definitely tried. I thought it was genuinely adorable when the mice were in the trash receptacle, but they were, like, computer mice. Yep, robot mice. <laughs> the... Uh, only Wallies that were on that ship were two massive 
units. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice when they leave the trash receptacle with the plant and they're trying to find their way to the Leo deck and all of their jailbreak insane asylum robots are there? Mm-hmm. They start, he's like bee-booping the song. Yep. I thought that was adorable. It was how that's they, like their, it that's was their like anthem. That's like their uh, robo-brigade song. It was their anthem. Oh, I wrote, how is anybody making babies if no one gets out of a chair? Yep. We definitely went over that. The fight scene was really funny between the captain and the wheel. Heck yeah. <laughs> and I be- love that, like, him standing up. And everyone that was his that was his champion's moment. It was. Did you see how the people reacted? Yeah. It was his ultimate like I'm getting back. You yes. know, I'm I'm pulch, I'm really pushing. Gamp has an opinion about that. <laughs> her robot kiss shocks him and brings him back to her. So romantic. And now all of their robo friends are there. Did you notice that all of the robo friends show up to see if Wally was saved? Mm-hmm. And when she, like, leans in to give him a robo-kiss. They recognize, yeah. The other robot the, was like, shoo, get out of here, give them some privacy. Mm-hmm. I, I called it the happy family with a diso- with all the dysfunctional friends. <laughs> and then they're gonna uh, plant pizza plants. Yep. And save the earth. That's right. I thought it was a genuinely, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I know we just watched it a few weeks ago, but I still, like, laughed out loud several times today. If you, um, haven't, if you haven't watched the movie, I recommend it. It's really cute. It also gives you a tale of why we need to care about our Earth. Obviously, pick some up of trash. The, <laughs> some litter. of the science in this isn't <laughs> realistic at Go all. Go for a walk. But that should only scare <laughs> you even more because we don't have giant spaceships that will cruise us around to let us be ultimate Yeah, if baddies. we ruin the planet, we might not have anywhere to go. Yeah, so I don't want to like harp on that too much, but you know, do what you can. <laughs> Make it reasonable. So Yeah. So I think we're gonna call it there. Um and instead of saying don't get glamored, what should we say? Maybe go for a walk and don't litter. Sounds good. Yeah. So thank you very much for being here today and everyone for listening and we will see you next time. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. And that is all that love's about. This is called farming. You kids are going to grow all kinds of plants, vegetable plants.